Welcome to this week's Henchman of Comics. I'm Alex Eschbeck. And this is the uh, triumphant Matt Golden. And this week we were talking about the October number ones. You're not even going to ask me about why I'm triumphant? <laughs> why are you triumphant? I'll bite. Yeah, I, I really didn't have a reason. <laughs> I, I was really... Called your bluff. <laughs> really upset yeah. that you weren't inquisitive and didn't care about what's going on in my life. So, so, so what's going on in your life? Uh, Halloween's coming up. I'm very excited for that. I'm thinking I'm going to dress up as uh, Stone Cold Jane Austen. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be exciting. Stone Cold on the bottom, Jane Austen on top, because that's the way that God intended it. That's a pretty amazing costume. It's pretty flawless. You should enter nothing but child costume contest. Yeah, I might uh, I might throw a photo. Because on. you're somebody's child, and therefore yeah. that qualifies you. It does. Uh, I think I might throw a picture up on our Henchman of Comics uh, Instagram for all you... Beautiful bitches out there. Well, that's uh, that's very kind of you. I know. I'm doing the world a favor, I think. Yeah. You're uh, a real you, humanitarian. Yeah, of course. Uh, do you have any plans for Halloween? I know you have a child, uh, and I expect that you are going to go and get lots of candy uh, because he is so young that he doesn't know better. Well, as you know, uh, as I'm sure everyone knows, this is the 200th anniversary of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Uh, so in honor of that the movie? book... Yes, honor the uh, in honor of that book movie. Uh, I am going to dress up as an alcoholic father. <laughs> Excellent, fantastic. Uh, you want to go and get into it? You want to talk about comic book news this week? Uh, yeah, let's get into a little bit of comic book news. There's not a lot, um, but there are two kind of big things. The first storyline for DC: uh, Wonder Woman has been pushed back to 2020. Uh, kind of disappointing for any fans of DC that don't like Marvel, which I don't think there are very yeah. many out it, there anymore. It just sucks. I mean, just, I mean, because you want to see it sooner, obviously it should be a really good yeah. film. Their reasoning though made sense. It wasn't because like there need to be a ton of reshoots. Uh, there's been poor screenings or anything like that. Uh, it's just because that's closer when the original Wonder Woman opened and they already had luck with that date. So they just want to be closer to that date too. And I think that pushes them away from a Marvel movie that was slated around that time in 2019. Yeah, I don't think they really want to run the dice on a holiday movie and would rather go for a summer blockbuster. Yeah, I think that's smart. I it's, mean, it, it makes sense monetarily. They're that's, pulling a reverse Star Wars, which is smart. That's why Solo should have been. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to get into it. Anyways, let's go to the other uh, news. Oh, yeah. Uh, Luke Cage has been canceled. And with Iron Fist as well. Yeah, uh, I think we talked about Iron Fist last week. Maybe we didn't. But regardless, they're both canceled. Maybe a Heroes for Hire season coming up on Netflix. Yeah, that's the hope. Or there's, I mean, there's a ton of rumors flying around. Uh, Netflix, I mean, Iron Fist seemed to be canceled for pretty straight reasons. There's rumors that there was conflict with Luke Cage about how the direction they want to take the show. And that was why that was canceled. Who knows what's true? Uh, Like Matt said, there's rumors for Heroes of Hire show, which would be awesome. Uh, also rumors that Disney is trying to basically get those characters on their own streaming service that they're going to launch, uh, which would be cool too. I mean, I'd rather have to spread out a bit, but what are you going to do? Uh, and then my favorite theory, which is the most outlandish theory, is that this is Marvel TV's response to Thanos' finger snap. Uh, so those two were just erased from existence? Yeah. Because and of Colleen Thanos? and Misty. That, that theory is out there, but it would be amazing if Marvel TV like pulled that off. Because the TV shows take place before Infinity War. But eventually, yeah. they would have to catch up. 
Don't they so, like, talk about is, like events and stuff every now and again? They do, but the the timeline for them is still before Infinity War. Uh, so like they mentioned the raft, they mentioned Captain America, the Hulk, all that stuff. They mentioned the they mentioned the event from the first Avengers film as well. Wouldn't that be kind of great though if like in season four of Daredevil and in season three of Jessica Jones they were like the yeah. two that were surviving? Yeah, It'd be kind of great. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Uh, I I don't think that's true, but man, if if they pull off, that probably that would be the greatest. At least streaming service uh, move, I think, ever pulled off. Yeah, I don't think that Marvel cares that much about it. I don't know how much they're getting paid. It's definitely more of a Netflix thing, yeah. I think. So, But we'll find out. Hopefully, they're not gone, especially with Luke Cage seeing season two being really strong and season two of Iron Fist being much stronger, especially with the way season two ended. Uh, we, I definitely want some some Randall, some Orson Randall, and I want Ward just palling around in Asia with Danny firing Iron Fist guns. I mean, come on. I just want the two of them to team up and fight to Wu-Tang. Is that so much to ask for? Yeah, that's, that's fine. Just just 10 episodes to nothing with them fighting to Wu-Tang. No dialogue. No. They're not even naming the enemies. <laughs> just nameless, just thugs. Where are people on the street? They both snapped. <laughs> and then the theme is just, yeah. uh, X going to give it to you? And then episode 10. Yes. In credit seat uh, <laughs> is the purple man. He's back and he's been mind controlling them the entire time. Yep. Boom. I would watch 10 straight hours of the same thing over and over for that. Well, anyway, let's actually get into uh, our number ones this month. Okay, cool. Uh, let's start with uh, Marvel. Uh, Marvel didn't have a lot of new comic books coming out this month, so we kind of had to dig deep for some one-shots and kind of you know figured out some stuff there. But we're going to kick it off with a one-shot, um, Marvel Zombie. Alex, can you tell us who wrote this? Yeah, it's written by W. Maxwell Prince. Of course, the famous W. Maxwell Prince. He sounds like an oil baron, <laughs> which I love. Uh, but this, I mean, having a just a Marvel Land book about a zombie, I think, was very fitting for October. So it was nice to have that little Halloween touch. There was lots of, um, before we really get into it, um, there was a lot of one-shots uh, um, and different Halloween-themed things coming out this month. Um, this was, I think really the only one shot Halloween theme thing that I went with. Um, I thought it was a good choice. Uh, um, a lot of the other ones were 80 to a hundred pages <laughs> and I didn't really want to read a trade. Yeah. There was a, a comics cavalcade. I picked it up, but I didn't want to review it. I'm going to probably read it on Halloween or some yeah, shit. It was go. like a hundred pages for DC. That's cool. I didn't want to get into that. So without further ado, here's our first review. Uh, I enjoyed this book though. Uh, you don't really need like a deep history of Marvel comics to enjoy it. Uh, it doesn't seem to take place. It's just another zombie world that seems to be canon with the other Marvel zombie books. But the team of heroes in this is essentially Spider-Man, Black Widow, Kate Bishop, Hawkeye, Misty Knight, Daredevil, and Falcon. I feel like I'm forgetting. Yeah. Oh, and Moon Girl. That's who I'm forgetting. Yeah, she's one uh, of the... The uh, center characters. However, with all of that, none of them were the main character. The main character is actually one of the zombies. And a little boy. Yes. Um, and they start a love story? No, it's not a love story. <laughs> You're thinking of warm bodies. You're thinking of your thing. fan fiction version of a male-only <laughs> warm bodies. I went really um, Tina Belcher there. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. Tina Belcher would love this book. Uh, <laughs> but essentially... I mean, it's heroes battling the zombies. Lunella is working on a cure for the for the virus, thinking she might be able to destroy all the necrotic flesh. 
But the fun for this book comes with the uh, dialogue bubbles or the internal thought bubbles, or actually it's panels now uh, for the zombie himself. Yeah, he's the the thing that drives this. The Daredevil, the Peter Parker, all the rest of it, I'm not really like, eh, it's fine. It's all inconsequential, I feel like. Yeah, it really is. And it's very in the background. It's all about this zombie. Yeah, he uh, his name was Garth, but the zombies couldn't say his name, uh, which was a nice joke. He couldn't articulate himself. Uh, my favorite joke in this, though, it's such a stupid, obvious joke, though, is when Spider-Man singing the lyrics to uh, "Zombies" by the Cranberries. Yeah, right um, at the start, I really, really yeah. got, got uh, into it. Really, and it's weird. Like this is a one shot, but I feel like there could have been more story to this world. But there's already been so many Marvel zombie stories. If you just want to focus on one for a zombie, I feel like that was fine. And I thought this was. Uh, a strong start. I thought you could have made this a mini series, like a two or three episode yeah. or issue thing. Or you, I, I mean, you could have made it a 50 uh, page thing. It could have been a lot of fun doing something bigger like that. Give everything a little bit more time to develop, but it's, it feels a little rushed. It's still good. Yeah, I agree. It does feel a little rushed. But yeah. Like 27 pages is, is not enough to yeah, tell that, a whole story. Yeah. That's sometimes. a lot of heroes for, I mean, very little payoff with them too. Yeah, you're really trying to get a lot out of a little. Uh, our next Marvel book is Shuri number one, written by Needy uh, Okarokafor or yeah. Okarafor. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're racist for whatever you just said, um, but I this is the new um, Black Panther sort of Black Panther adjacent yeah. series, maybe adjacent. Yeah, I has a coach still writing Black Panther. Yes, um, but I really liked this. See, I'm in the opposite boat with you. I, I thought it was just okay. I love Shuri, the character. Uh, she was fantastic in the films. Uh, this suffers, at least for me, I think, from a lot of newer comic writers. Just way too much dialogue uh, and way too wordy for an introductory issue. Um, I did. I love the ending of this issue. I thought that was really strong. I thought the art was just okay, personally, too. See, I... I disagree. The art was super 90s style. Uh, it was a kind of a throwback vibe, while the cover itself is an absolute thing of beauty. Uh, it's something that I absolutely relish having uh, in my collection, just having this issue look that way as a number one. Fantastic. Um, I, I do thought- think, yeah, I do think it captured the tone of Shuri well. Yeah, like, it really it's very did. similar to how Shuri is in the films. It's very Wakanda. Yes. Uh, I mean, it really is. <laughs> She ends up becoming Black Panther at the end of the book. Or being offered the Black Panther to be the protector of Wakanda. Right. Uh, which I thought was nice. I mean, if anyone's going to carry that mantle, I think Shuri is worthy of being Black Panther. She's smart. She's funny. Uh, I don't know what's... how anybody <laughs> Those are the two requirements for being Black Panther. Yep. <laughs> Guess what, guys? I'm next. Yeah. Uh, well, that's going to be problematic. Yeah. Nope. You check half of one of those boxes. Uh, but yeah, I like this book a lot. Um, it... It's a Marvel book, so it's not one that I'm going to add to my pull list. Um, to add a Marvel book to my pull list, it has to take a whole fucking lot because I can get it on, you know, Marvel Unlimited in six months. Yeah. So to to have something that I like that much is is like almost a ten out of ten. I think for you to have to be like written by like Jonathan Hickman or Rick Remender, it would have to be a big name writing yeah. a big series about a character that you already like. Yep. Yeah. I, I wanted to test that with uh, the new Deadpool series with Scotty Young. Uh, n- couldn't quite do it. I'm I'm ready to pull One the trigger day. on buying that, that first trade when it comes out soon. 
Maybe the new Jason Aaron series, whenever he starts a new one for Marvel, will get you yeah, going. Yeah, absolutely. But we're starting about topic. Let's get back into uh, the number one. And this is the first, I believe, of the X-Men Black one-shots. It is the first one, yes. Uh, basically, X-Men Black, there's going to be five issues, and they all focus on a different X-Men villain. Uh, and they're all written by different writers. And at the end, there's a uh, a backstory about Apocalypse as well. By the time that you're reading this, uh, you're about four days out from the last one of these being launched. If I'm not mistaken, the last or second to last being launched. Yeah, there's uh, an Emma Frost Mojo, one. Mystique, and somebody else came out with one, too. Yeah, Emma Frost has one, and then I want to say Juggernaut is the other one, Yeah, too. Juggernaut's yeah. the one that came out uh, today, the day we're recording. Uh, but Magneto is the one that we're focusing on today. I picked this one because, A, it was the first one. And B, it's Magneto, arguably the biggest X-Men villain. Yeah, I mean, Magneto's, I think, arguably the greatest villain in comic book history, at least for DC and Marvel. Uh, and it's written by Chris Claremont. Better than Kite Man? <laughs> it's close. Checkmate. Uh, as long as his kites aren't made of metal. <laughs> um, but and Chris Claremont is the most influential X-Men writer out there. If you watch the 90s X-Men cartoon, I mean, that was basically all Chris Claremont and Jim Lee's influence right there. Uh, however, I am not a huge fan of Claremont's writing these days because, to me, he has this problem where he speaks. It, it's, I mean, he tells and doesn't show, which is criminal, uh, which is a writing crime. But, like, examples, like, if Cyclops is using his eye blast, he's like, and I will use my eye blast to melt this door down. Like, that kind of stuff kills me. Overriding, but, yes. essentially. But I do think this was better than I was expecting this because I had low expectations for Claremont, even though, and maybe because I love Magneto as a character. See, I, I'm a little in reverse of this one. Like, I thought it was just fine at best. The, I like the the fun story at the beginning. But yes, I mean yeah. it's a it's a Magneto story that you've seen. And yes, heard exactly. Before. I mean it's Magneto in a diner uh, in the South. Yes, with someone who's been disenfranchised, much like he was uh, being uh, a kid at the camps in the Holocaust, and, which was cute and sweet, and I liked that. Yeah, and then some rednecks all, going after uh, going after them for being liberal. Like it's very classic, like Magneto storyline. Except he didn't murder them, so I guess that's where it's not classic. I mean, it's sort of redem- redemptive a little bit and in that sense. Is it, I mean, Magneto, for a while, hasn't really been a true villain. Uh, he's been kind of that... He's been kind of untrustworthy, maybe unreliable, and always has his own motives, but he's not that just pure focus on villainy. Uh, but maybe this X-Men Black book is his start down that path again. Let's hope so. So, and I will say, it, Claremont did again have one of those lines whenever it had the simulation of magneto fighting the x-men which is his own simulation and colossus goes after him and he's like oh colossus you're no match for me in your organic steel form it's like claremont everyone knows what colossus's powers are i, I mean i mean Magneto's my powers eyes are, so, yeah. so like that kind of stuff kills me for claremont but i mean he's so a legend and i can never and the worst part was it was a simulation like, it's I know. Not like it was really he's just like talking him. to himself. <laughs> he's 100% Now, I will say, like, he was doing that because it, he wanted us to believe that, like, it was a real fight. Even though, like, as, like, even, like, halfway season X-Men reader would realize it's not. Because it's like, what team is this? Uh, and everyone's, like, in their classic costumes, too. Yeah, it was very clearly a, a sim. Anywho, uh, moving on to uh, DC Vertigo. Um, we've got a couple of the Sandman universe books here, the last two. Uh, we covered the first two already. 
uh, House of Magic and The Dreaming. Today we're going to talk about uh, Books of Magic and Lucifer. So we'll kick it off with Books of Magic. Written by Cat Howard. Uh, art by Tom Fowler. And let me tell you, this book has the best and the biggest ads I've ever seen. There yeah, are... That's a real problem for uh, DC these days, I feel <laughs> yeah, like. No Even though Marvel's shit. got a ton of ads, they just feel like less intrusive. Yeah, there but, are yeah. at least yeah. three, there's either three or four Marvel's ads are like the banner page. ads you ignored on the website. DC's ads are the yeah. pop-up that oh, like God. you can't find the X to close it out. There yeah. are two or three, or three or four in Books of Magic full two-page splashes, and it's just super annoying. They're promoting other books that I, I'm personally already <laughs> reading. So I'm like, you yeah. don't have to try and sell me on this shit. I'm about it. Uh, but this is about Timothy Hunter, uh, the cr- character created by Neil Gaiman, who in the comic has a lot of similarities to Harry Potter, oddly enough, that's just a coincidence, though even Neil Gaiman himself said so. Uh, but this is kind of where he is now at this point. It's like a soft reboot for him. It is a soft reboot, and it's... A very soft uh, opening, too. Yeah. It's very I, short. It, it was a very short book. I really like this book. Could have been that 19 pages of ads I read. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a soft spot uh, for Tim Hunter. Uh, he supposedly has the potential to be the most powerful magic wielder in the DC universe, uh, but could also be its greatest champion or its demise at the same time. And we see little flashbacks or pseudo flashbacks of him working with John Constantine, him working with the Spectre, uh, and other DC magic users trying to get his handle on magic and accept his fate. I like this book a lot, and I think it's got a lot of promise, uh, but it's one of the weakest opening entries to a series I've ever seen, just as a whole. like I'm excited for it, and I'm actually going to pick up the next issue, and I'm super pumped about it. But this opening issue was very soft. I love the ending to this. Like whenever like, I mean, it's realize, a good like, he's opened yeah. the book and then you see that some books should be open and some books shouldn't. You see someone holding two daggers outside his normal suburban home. Yep. Uh, wearing some sort of mystical shroud around their head. Yep. Uh, that's pretty good. I love the art for this book. And then too. his teacher was there to protect him by the looks of it. Yes. Uh, yeah. Which I like whatever her character is. Yeah, because he attends it. a normal school. He doesn't attend like any sort of like Hogwarts or anything. Yeah. But his teacher is a magic user and Hunter so powerful that every magic user around the world uh, was connected whenever he made his decision to accept his fate. Yeah. So, again, I like it. Uh, moving on uh, to Lucifer. And this book has an amazing cover. I will say that. It's. I'm, I hope this is the the original and not the... Variant, but I couldn't. I had a tough time deciphering because it doesn't say in the book itself. But the cover is phenomenal. Uh, it's just Lucifer and like the traditional look I see him with just the thick beard, the long shaggy hair, more of like a body of a traditional man. But the hair kind of curls into horns. He's got this red tint all over him. He's shirtless and has a sign like you'd see with the vagabond that says Wilson for food. What do you think of this opening for this for this reboot of Lucifer? This, for me, had kind of like the same problem, problem for me like the Dreaming had, even though I enjoyed the Dreaming. It's a very interesting beginning, and then a very slow middle, and then a very strong ending, I felt like. Yeah, it was a strong overall book is how I would rank it. Yeah, but by the way, parts- this was written by uh, Dan Waters. And we also say spoilers for all these books, too. God damn, that was one of the later ones we had. Uh, I'm going to blame you for that one, because you're usually the guy that comes up with that spoilers mark there. Um, yeah, uh, great book overall. I think uh, one of the ones I'm most excited for 
seeing where it goes. Yeah, this was for me one where I didn't love the first issue, but I would love to read this uh, as a trade and see yes. it and see its first arc. See, uh, see yeah. it as, seeing it as a collected uh, edition will be fantastic. Uh, Lucifer is apparently, by the way, lost his mind, or not lost his mind, but he's weak, uh, and he's not the lord of hell that, that he once was. It seems like he's going through hell as a personal experience, yeah. and it's kind of a, a weird turn. But it's cool. Uh, I'm excited to see where this goes. The art's great. The story's really neat. Um, moving on to Old Lady Harley, uh, the one and only DC book, and it is a six-issue miniseries. Yeah, Old Lady Harley first debuted, uh, and I want to say uh, issue number 42 of the Harley Quinn Rebirth that series. Um, that is actually 100% factually correct. And uh, this book was written by Frank Keery, uh, a longtime comic book writer. What did you think of it? Uh, I enjoyed this book. Uh, I mean, Old Lady Harley basically kind of sees, to me, like I feel like they were capitalizing on like the old man Logan books, starting with Mark uh, Millar way back in the day, uh, and old man Hawkeye recently from Marvel. Uh, it's kind of that same same trend, but it's not like as dystopian in the sense that like everything the desert wasteland as it is in the old man Hawkeye and old man Logan book. Like there's still technology, there's still people running around in this book. It was a very big. I think it was a very cheap ploy. If if you're asking me, it's now been done three times thanks to old lady Harley. Um, Gotham is a glistening city, so I mean they they kind of throw a wrench in in all the normal shit. Um, who's Hawkeye or who's a uh, Harley's buddy in this? I can't remember his name for the life of me, and, and I don't care. Yeah, and he he appeared to uh, in the Rebirth run, uh, written by Amanda Connor uh, and Jimmy Palmiotti, uh, and he was good in that. His speech bubbles are fun because each speech bubble looks like an original different tool, like a hammer or a buzzsaw or anything like that. Uh, I, I thought he was a fun addition to Harley because I I like that there wasn't like a straight character, just two zany characters uh, being ridiculous. Here's my here's my problem is I am one of the biggest um, haters of Harley Quinn as a comic book character, and Alex has had me read a few Harley Quinn uh, comic books in the past, and I thought they were fun. I thought they were fun. Thought they were wordy as shit, but it's a Big play on Deadpool is what it seems to me. And it's Deadpool that is so insanely light. Yeah, it's weird because, like, Harley, like, her origins are, like, a very tragic origin. But they don't, I feel like most writers don't play that tragedy very well. They don't have to. Like, it's not a story they want to tell. But, like, Jerry Duggan's, like, final run on Deadpool, like, plays with this tragedy so well. And there's there's a lot of untapped potential with Harley for that, I feel. Yeah, give me some of that shit. Like, give me heartache and pain while also delivering some laughs. Yeah. And we're and we're cool. But this book is is all uh, attempts at jokes, and a lot of them don't land for me. Uh, but they do go to Gotham City, and they get st- and Gotham is all clean. The streets are empty. Uh, and they're approached by Azrael. And it turns out to be a robot Azrael. They get swarmed, but they go to the Batcave, and they see Batman. Uh, but it's uh, Batman and the Batman Beyond suit. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, we don't know if it's Terry McGinnis under there, Bruce, uh, any of the Robins. Uh, but that's that's kind of cool and a nice twist to the end. That will certainly get a lot of people buying the second issue. Not me. I will not be buying the trade. <laughs> not buying the second issue. I don't care. I would like this book. Well, I'll tell you what happens. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're going <laughs> to move on to Image now. Yes, this is the... 
uh, third and final brand that we're going to be doing. Um, there's nothing else out there that we're that we're covering. There's no Afterworld. There's no Boom. So or Aftershock. Sorry, not Afterworld. Uh, but here we go. Image. Yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, Blackbird by Sam Humphreys, who wrote Nova for Marvel. Uh, he wrote uh, some Nightwing for DC as well, too. Or maybe Green Lantern. It's one of those two books. Maybe both of them was my mind. So the best way I can describe this book is uh, Harry Potter crossed with Wicked and the Divine. Yeah. Another uh, Image series. Yeah, I definitely thought the latter. And that's a great comparison, comparing those two. Oh, uh, and maybe uh, The character's even, a little bit older, though, than Harry was. Yes. Yeah. And maybe you throw... Yeah, a lot older, actually. Maybe throw in Paper Girls for some kaiju-ishness, yeah. I guess. The color was fantastic in this book, really but cool. it's essentially about this uh, woman uh, who basically believes magic is real, uh, and she's basically gets that slapped down. She's obsessed with, like, to the point that she doesn't, like, believe it's real, but she also, like, researches it and, like, tries to figure out, like, what these runes are, like, different powerful, like, magical artifacts. But that would just be, like, me believing magic was real and thinking that, like, oh, no, magic is real. You can draw this power rune... In blood on your uh, on your ceiling, you need to say this incantation backwards. Like it, it's that kind of research. However, she finds a magical artifact on the street and learns that she was right. And the cool bit is, is she's faced a lot of tragedy. Tragedy. She's got dead parents. She's got, which is you know a comic book yeah trope. Uh, not only that, uh, she is a addict. Uh, she's addicted to pain pills. So, and she's a bartender as well. Yeah, lots so, of yeah, interesting she's already in the nightlife. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed this book though, and I'm interested to see where it goes. It reminded me of a very um, updated, like Miami Vice, if it was in in LA in 2018. Yeah, um, it involved witches. Yeah, and it's like I love Sam Humphrey's run on Nova. I wasn't a huge fan of his DC stuff. I think this is the strongest book to date, so far, at least for a debut issue. Yeah, it was a little surprising. I I didn't know what to expect from it, especially with. Like the the cover, I was like, oh, we might be yeah, some yeah. some neon. It's a pretty shit cover here. though. It is yeah. a pretty cover. Uh, there's a um, a variant cover by Joel Jones out there, which is fantastic. I bet. And if is. you've listened to the podcast, you know how much we love her. Uh, but now we're going to move on to Dead Rabbit by Jerry Duggan, who I just mentioned earlier, talking about Deadpool. Uh, yeah, I I actually got to order a. I'm actually going to gift this number one to you. Because oh. I ordered from Forbidden Planet a signed copy of Dead Rabbit number one. Oh, that's really cool. Yep. So I'm guessing because of that, that means that you enjoyed this book. I thought actually I ordered it before I read it. <laughs> <laughs> it was like ten bucks. If yeah. if you're out there and you're listening to this today and you want a signed copy of Dead Rabbit, it's like ten or fifteen bucks. Same thing for Heroes in Crisis by Tom King, which I also oh, cool. added. Yeah, which might end up being a fan, you know, a a fan favorite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyways, back to Dead Rabbit. This is about a uh, former. Like Robin Hood type character? Yeah, a vigilante. Uh, yeah. But not like in the sense like traditional vigilante, like much more street level vigilante uh, who basically robbed from criminals and gangsters uh, and mobsters. Uh, to We don't know, but I, I'll assume it's to help pay his wife's medical bills, but also because he got a thrill from it too. Yep. Uh, and the first time you actually see the man who is Dead Rabbit... He is wiping his ass because of his hemorrhoids mm-hmm. and complaining quite loudly, yeah. which I thought was fan-fucking-tastic. Because what we see first is him committing uh, a vigilante crime, but it was a flashback because Dead Rabbit is a very well-known, like, in the world. Like, they don't know who he is, but the man in the mask is, is well-known, and they're basically, it was like a retrospective Yep, on he's him. been in retirement for five to ten years, is yeah. what I'm guessing. I, I think it was ten years, except I'm not positive. Yeah, something like that. 
Uh, what do you think? Did you like it? Yeah, I thought it was great. Like, I, I, loved it. I thought it was really sort of a little slow, but they just kept building and building and building and got better and better. Yeah, this is one that is on my pull list already. Um, I went into the comic book store today. This came out last week and said, add Dead Rabbit to my to my pull list. And I waited two or three minutes while I pulled it up. <laughs> <laughs> and I just sat there and made idle chit chat. But it was totally worth it. Uh, like I said, go order that, that signed copy because this could be a big one. Yeah, I think this book's got a lot of potential. Yeah, uh, and like, like I could see, it, I mean, being developed into a series, like, like everything else seems to be one day too. But I think uh, the costume is yeah. is really cool. But and it, it's, it's really cool to see what gets him back into the game too. Is Dead yeah. Rabbit? Like, I don't want to spoil it. Uh, but it's really cool to see what That's pushes what him over do, the edge. And it's got a turd. nice twist at the end too. Not a nice twist, but a cl- cliffhanger at the end yeah. too, which I really enjoyed. Loved it. Yeah. Um, this is. I'm uh, curious to know why he's named Dead Rabbit. I hope uh, that gets revealed. Yeah, me too. Can't just be a name. Last but not least, we've got Murder Falcon by Daniel Warren Johnson. Yeah, whenever you handed this to me, I was like, I don't know what the hell this is, but I love <laughs> that cover. The The cover's really fucking cool. Um, and for a book that's called Murder Falcon, this book has a lot of heart, um, which was something I wasn't expecting. I thought it was just going to be like a fun romp. Um, that was heavy on jokes, but it, it really wasn't heavy on jokes. It was heavy on art and sentiment, which is again, really weird for a book called murder. Falcon. <laughs> it's about a, a guy who, uh, is a guitar player in a metal band. And he eventually is able to summon a massive monster fighting Falcon human hybrid by playing the guitar. Yeah. That's really all I need now. Uh, yep. but basically we'll throw a little more in monsters are invading the world. Yeah. Uh, he was chosen because he has, he's an excellent metal guitarist and <laughs> metals. What fuels murder Falcon to fight murder monsters. It makes his dick hard guys. Yeah. Well, that wasn't in any of the panels or any of the dialogue. <laughs> That's just Matt's again, fan fiction creeping out. I just assume that the case. Uh, but it's really cool. Like Matt says, like it does have a lot of heart. Like the main characters face tragedy in his life, uh, but it feels earnest and not forced, uh, which is what I enjoyed. And like at the end, it just has him just chilling on a van, uh, enjoying some brews, staring at a monster who's just been s- sitting in the ocean for a while. Well, they even address the pain at the end too. They're like, yeah, yeah do you still miss your dead wife? And he's yeah. like, yeah, still yeah. miss my dead yeah. wife every day. That's why you need to rock out with metal. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely... Uh, this is basically if Bill and Ted was a comic book written by someone who thought of the idea when they were five and developed to, and developed it when they were adult into something awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. At, at the end, Murder Falcon basically just tells him to rock out with your metal fucking cock out. Uh, and I will say too, uh, that's it for all of our books. We were going to do Shatterstar by Tim Seeley, but my local comic book store is actually sold out of that. So congratulations to Tim Seeley and Marvel Comics for apparently selling out at one local comic book store. Uh, most likely they got one or two <laughs> issues. Of I'm going to say Star. it's probably the most popular book of all time. Uh, I imagine if I were to go to, and I, I typically will, will hit up two or three different stores. If, uh, there's something that I want, I imagine it's going to be on time magazines, 100 greatest books of all time. I bet I can find it. Um, but we didn't, we didn't search that hard. <laughs> Honestly, Alex went to a comic book store and they didn't have it. I imagine it's that's a, a mini series. That's a, a lot of effort. Yeah. It's a mini series. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Maybe it just didn't show up in time. Who knows? All right, but now we're going to rank uh, all these books from our least favorite to our favorite. So what would be your least favorite number one this week? 
Uh, and this might kill you, but Old Lady Harley is by far my least favorite. Wow, I think I think you're going to differ a lot this week. My least favorite was Shuri. Okay. Uh, coming in at number eight, because we have nine here, would be um, the X-Men Black. Yeah, I'm actually agreeing with you. We're, I got to take the same, same spot on that one for the X-Men Black. Uh, I mean, it was a nice one-shot read. If you read it in a collection, I think that's fine, but unless you're a huge Claremont or Mass Magneto fan, I, I think you can pass on this one. Uh, same. Uh, Marvel Zombie would be my next number seven. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Actually, we're two for two there. Marvel Zombie was also my thing, and I like Marvel Zombie. I think it's a good one shot, but more of like a Marvel Limited type one shot. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Shuri for my number six. That will do it for my Marvel. Again, not a not a big uh, month for Marvel for me. Yeah, my number six actually would be Lucifer. Uh, while I enjoyed, it, I think it might have probably has more potential. Than, than any other uh, book we discussed this week. Um, this first version needs a little bit more for me. So number, I want to say six. Yeah. For me, is going to be Books of Magic. Um, it's uh, it's good, but I just didn't get enough out of this first issue uh, like I wanted. My number five was Murder Falcon. It was awesome. It was fun. I know it's the kind of book that's going to leave a lasting impression, though. And... I, but it's got a lot of potential. Uh, yeah. Oh, I guess I'm on number four now. Uh, I'll put Murder Falcon number four. Uh, my next one for me is going to be Blackbird. Uh, I really like Blackbird. I'm really excited to see what it takes. But it's a, it's a small first issue with big moments. Yeah. Number three for me is Lucifer. Um, number three and four, Sandman Universe Comics. Really liked them both. Can't wait to pick them both up. Uh, my next one for me is going to be Old Lady Harley. I think the book's got, for me, the series has got a lot of potential. It could be a big lit down, but I trust Frank Terry as a writer. Number two, Blackbird for me. Um, great art, uh, cool story, great execution. My number two is going to be Books of Magic. Uh, like I mentioned, I mean, I, I really like Tim Hunter. Uh, this takes me back to what I liked about Harry Potter, what I liked about Neil Gaiman's original series, and I could always use some more of that. And I'll chime in there just real quick um, because we both clearly have the same number one. Um, it is very Harry Potter. Uh, it definitely seems a little bit more grown up, and I absolutely enjoy that fact to a enormous degree. So both of our number ones is Dead Rabbit, uh, Jerry Dugan. I can't speak highly enough of this book. Yeah. Please, please, please go pick it up. Uh, Jerry Dugan and I are not friends. <laughs> <laughs> what, what a twist out of all the twists. <laughs> He has denied every this friend This episode request. was actually produced by Mike Shyamalan yeah. for that moment. Yeah, I know. It's it's kind of a big deal that he and I aren't friends. I can't believe that every direct message I've sent to him has been denied and ignored, but here we are. Yeah, what Matt said about Dead Rabbit, I can't top. I loved it too, but I mean, he spoke directly from his heart. Yep. Uh, next week, we are either going to have a superhero fight or we're going to be doing uh, Why the Last Man, the last part of our classic series. Uh, we're going to do Daredevil season three, but I'm going to be out of town for a week and able to watch it. So we pushed it back one more week. Yeah. So deal with it, bitches. Uh, but that about wraps up for this week's episode. As always, you can email us at henchmanofcomics at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and whoever, who, 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 so who cares? Wherever you want to go, just look at us, subscribe and download. So who cares? I've had like a, a, glass and a half of wine so what for the henchman of comics i'm alex ashback and i'm a little bit tipsy henchman ain't easy